a reason because you can put your feet uh, on a firm rock, a foundation, and it's not going anywhere. He's a servant and he's an apostle, and I think in that order, if you want to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, and that's very laudable, by the way, we want that for you also, I don't think it's going to ever happen unless you figure out first that you're a servant. We serve and then we're sent forth. Now he's addressing this to them who have attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now there's a lot here. That's why it's only 10 verses. But each verse is a stepping off place for a lot of theology. One, we have faith like Peter. And it's precious and it's made of the same stuff. It's like precious faith. Now is he saying... Okay, you've bought into the Christian faith like I've brought, bought into the Christian faith. I don't think he's saying that at all. I think he's saying, you know, the stuff that your faith is made of, it's the same stuff that my faith is made of. And what is, what is faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Without faith it is impossible to please him. He, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It is belief in the Word of God, but not just in an intellectual... All my life I believed the Bible was the Word of God. When I was brought up in religion, I would fight tooth and nail over this Bible that it is the Word of God that I never read or took into my heart. But I always believed it was the Word of God. Like, I always believed that there was a God, even though I didn't know Him, even though I didn't have faith in Him. So I had an intellectual, at least in a sense, in my mind, yeah, that, that Bible, that's the Word of God. What did it mean that it was the Word of God? Nothing to me. It didn't change my, my life or my thinking. or my. It didn't uh, actually play in my, the outworkings of my life. It's different. It's, 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 it's not only just believe that the Bible is the Word of God, but act upon it. You know, uh, I always believed Jesus was the Son of God. I always believed He was the Savior, but I never... I never counted on him for salvation until I got saved. So there's this intellectual exercise that we can do, and then there's a, a, a kind of lifestyle that actually changes our life. Uh, a faith that it looks like something. And we can go back to, uh, you know, James chapter 2. You know, I'll show you my faith by my works. You know, he's, he's, faith should look like something. And now he's talking about the deity of Jesus Christ when he says, we have like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the Granville Sharps. God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the same thing. Uh, and, and by the way, this is, this, there's two types of people. People don't know this rule and therefore would argue. And then people who understand that this is in, in uh, the original Greek. This is saying the same thing, that Jesus Christ is our God and he is our Savior. And there's no real debate about this, except in some circles where, you know, they have a predisposition to not believe that Jesus Christ is God. Well, that doesn't mean that. Well, it absolutely positively does. The Bible, it's easier to prove in the Bible that Jesus Christ is God than to believe that Father God is God. There's more verses on the deity of Jesus Christ than the deity of 
Father God, if you can believe it. Nobody's arguing that God isn't God. Many people argue that Jesus Christ isn't God. But that's only obliviousness, ignorance. And when I say ignorance, you're not blessed if I call you ignorance. Ignorance. You know, I, 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 the, the facts are there, the scriptures are there, the verses is there, the teaching is there, but I ignore it because I've got this predisposition to not believe that Jesus Christ is God, like our, our friends uh, from the Jehovah's Witness cult. And, and I'm not using cult in a pejorative, you know, evil cult members. I'm just saying they don't believe in the deity of Christ. By the way, that's the definition of cult, among other definitions. So uh, here, it's obviously saying that Jesus Christ, he's one, our God, and he's, sa- and he's our Savior. And I've got this like precious faith. You have it with us through the righteousness of God. God imparts his righteousness to us when we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We obtain this faith. And it's an ever-increasing, a growing faith, hopefully. Now grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our God uh, and of Jesus our Lord. Um, grace and peace, we've seen that a lot. Uh, if you've been here for any length of time, every time we start a book, we talk about that grace first, and then peace. You can't have peace with God outside the grace of God. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. So as we know about God, as we learn about God, as we grow in our faith, grace and peace are multiplied according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I'll let you just sit on this for a while. Uh, um, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. What are we lacking? Um, Nothing. What do we need yet? Nothing. He's given us all things, says Peter, that pertain to life and godliness. Do we need um, to be imbued with some sort of uh, divine power? Yes, you do. And it's according to his divine power. He's given us all things, including his divine power. Do we need peace? Well, we have the peace that passes all understanding. Do we need a comfort? He's the God of comfort. Do we need, what, what is it that we need? What is it that we're lacking? What is it that he hasn't provided for us? This verse says he's provided all things. There's nothing missing. There's nothing that you, <sighs> everything all the luxuries, all the all the things that the standard operating equipment on the most basic Christian model. There's no, you know, higher class second. Now I say that, and there is there is I have to say this exactly right. You know when um before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, there was people who were a- acting like they were so spiritually superior that they had something you didn't have and in the you know in the pentecostal circles well did you get the ghost you have the holy spirit of god residing in you at salvation you have everything pertaining to life and godliness do some people take advantage of the things that god has provided while some don't well that's 
Christianity in a nutshell. Look, he hasn't given us a spirit of, of fear, but of power and of love and of the sound mind. Do we have Christians who fear? Uh, yes. Why? Hasn't he given those people who fear all things pertaining to life and godliness? Yes, he has. But the problem is, is they haven't, they're not using it. They're not, if God's given you grace and you're still struggling and trying to earn his approval by doing religious activities and good works, I'm afraid that's on you. That's not on him. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, but we haven't taken advantage of it. For instance, his grace. Now it says here, grace and peace. Uh, do people struggle with peace? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if, there's a, if that's the biggest struggle in Christians' lives. They're not at peace. Why? Uh, I'm afraid they haven't taken advantage of all these things, these things pertaining to life and godliness. Uh, are we still working? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're trying to work and earn God's approval. When Jesus says, come unto me, all of you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. We don't take advantage. We haven't grabbed hold of the things for which he's grabbed hold of us. And this is, this is Christianity in a nutshell. But I, I want you to understand, you've got the whole package. He didn't save you in stages like he's made payments on you and, you know, the end of the year, the, the, the mortgage on you is up and then he owns you entirely. No, he, he, you were bought with a price, but it was a one-time-for-all payment. Um, so, and, he, and when he made that purchase, he gave you eternal life and all things that go with it. Now, it is a question of developing and understanding these things. There, uh, Satan is a defeated foe, but not every Christian knows that. Yes, he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's gambling on the fact that you don't know he's a defeated foe and Jesus has given you power to tread on snakes and scorpions. And in, uh, it, it's, it's lions and the adder in, in, in uh, Psalm 91. Interesting. In other words, Satan and demons. He, he's, he's, he's giving us power over. Uh, and you remember when the scripture talks about him leading captivity captive? That's in his train of glory after his resurrection showing all that all of creation you see these in my train here they are losers conquered hosts they are nothing they are nobody they are less than anything and satan and his demons are are counting on the fact that you don't know that and so they will will try to manipulate your thoughts try to try to get you to fear when god says i haven't given you a, a, a spirit of fear Oh, oh, but I'm so fearful. Oh, my. No, you're not. No, you're not. Satan's lied to you and you thought it was the truth. And I'm telling you, this is life changing. God's giving us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Why do we lose our peace? It's, it's akin to a fear. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my health. I'm afraid that... Maybe at the end of the day, God doesn't really love me. I'm afraid that maybe I won't go to heaven when I die. I'm afraid that God doesn't love me as much as I think he loves me. Or perhaps, uh, you know, because I did something wrong, he's, he's out to get me. 
So we have all these fears and stuff, and it's it's all Satan. It's all Satan telling you, oh, you're not worthy, and that's evident. That's obvious, but it's not about worth, and God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. According as his divine, his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Uh, life's characterized by glory and virtue. His glory, yeah, but he imparts it to us. You remember we were in Second Peter? Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So we we want humble because that, that's when God gives us grace. Well, is that the end game? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, that's glorious. That is glory. That's the definition. Uh, so he's, he's exalting ones. He's putting down others, the ones who self-gloss, self-exalt. He's saying, that's icky. And he, he, he puts that down only all the time. But those who hum- humble themselves, there was never anyone who's more humble than Jesus Christ. And his name is exalted above all. We understand that Moses was the meekest man on the earth in his day. Uh, does anyone ever hear of Moses? Why? Because God exalted him, glorified him, if you will, or given him glory. So he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Is that important? Yeah, but you've got to know him as he really is because Satan will lie to you about who he really is. I thought about this long and hard this week. You know, uh, Moses didn't get to enter the promised land because he misrepresented God. He, he smote the rock instead of spoke to the rock. And the first time he smote the rock, God told him to do it. The second time, oh, must we fetch water from you, this rock, you rebels? And, and he's having a, a bad day. He get up on the wrong side of the bed. Is he exasperated with these people? Whatever. But that was Moses. God saying, like, Mo, what's your, what's your deal here? I, I'm not exasperated with these people. I'm not having a bad hair day. You're having, you got up on the wrong side of the bed. But now they think that I'm upset with them. And God called him on it and says, you can't go to the promised land. Now, in the book of Samuel, God says to the prophet Samuel, to Saul, you're not going to be king anymore because you didn't exercise my fierce wrath on the Amalekites. So to the people of God, God says to Moses, what's the deal? And to to the enemies of God, God says through the prophet Samuel to Saul, hey, what's the deal? And one time, I want you to show how aggravated I am with these people. Wipe them out entirely. They'll get the memo. And to the people of God, Moses uh, is supposed to give a, 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 yeah, God will give you, yeah, yeah, you need, you need water? Well, God's all provident. He, he's the provider. How we represent God and to whom is so key. How do we do that? through the knowledge of him that hath called us. Because one, we want to be apostles, ambassadors, sent forth ones, but we have to be servants. We have to understand who God is, and we have to communicate to some people grace and communicate to some people wrath. 
Well, how do I know that? I'm not that bright. Well, you know God. You get to know who he is, and he will... And it's not that... It's not super, super difficult. It's really not, um, because I couldn't do it then. It's it's just knowing God. It's 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 because sometimes depending on who the audience is and the time, what they need in their life. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual discern thing. And, and the Spirit of God is given for that precise. But it's, it's based on the knowledge of Him. Okay, so He's given us this divine power. Uh, he's given us of His divine power. All things that pertain to life and godliness. We know Him. He's called us to glory and to virtue. Virtue means goodness our life should look better than non-christians life i'm afraid sometimes there's no difference whatever and that should never be whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust so he's given us these precious our faith is precious, and then these promises are precious. You ever see one of these Jesus person pocket promise books? And what it is, it, it delineates, okay, you, uh, hope, and then it will give you all these verses on hope, faith, give you all these verses on faith, uh, mercy, uh, forgiveness, and, and it gives you all these verses, and you take them because God has given us precious promises. Now, if I've ever promised something to you, I hope you take that to the bank because I like to think I'm a man of my word. Maybe I'm not perfectly god is when he gives you a promise it's a done deal well what do you mean by a promise mm, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden i will give you rest is that a promise yes certainly is um you know um the lord is my shepherd i shall not fear uh there's this myriad of promises of scripture no doubt we have taken some to ourselves and they helped us in that dark time that 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 dark night that and we've we've taken a, one of his promises and we've 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 held it close and we've well his one he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness uh you and christianity is a series of taking the promises and not taking the word of satan but taking the promise of God and believing and acting as if that were fact, rather than believing the spew that comes out of the adversary's mouth, which is always lies, it's his native tongue. We can believe what the what what the Bible says about God, or we can believe what Satan says about God. What's the difference? Everything. It's the difference between a defeated life and an abundant life. And God's given us everything that we need to live this Christian life, all things pertaining to life and godliness. And he's given us these great and precious promises, exceedingly precious, and they're exceedingly great. Um, and by these promises, that we, by these, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Um, uh, I haven't given you a, a, a spirit of fear. So we're fearful. What does that mean? We haven't taken this promise to heart. We're not acting on it like it's true. We're acting on our fear, like our fears are true. Now think about that. Think about that while I drink my coffee. Before it gets cold. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? That's the whole... 
we have fearful Christians, and we have Christians who are bold as a lion. I got up the other night to go to the bathroom because I'm old, and there were voices downstairs. It was downstairs in my house. I didn't even grab the gun. I just went down to chase him out. And then I heard the call sign, 103.9. <laughs> she left the radio on, but the station went off, and she was listening to talk radio. And the station went off, but then it came back on. So I heard these voices, and I, I, I'm thinking, okay, there are people in, downstairs in my house having a conversation. Well, I'll go down there and... what? Why? How, how do you not grab a gun? Because I'm thinking, eh, I really don't want to shoot anyone. And I went down to investigate, and I'll chase them out. No problem. But you've got to be fearful in a situation like that. You know, i tell you something. God hasn't given us a power of, of fear. And he's watching over me, and it'll all work out. And of course, it did work out. It was just the radio. But we, we I remember we came home from the house uh, one time, and the window was busted out, the uh, the screen. I think the cat jumped up on the table, slid, <laughs> hit the screen, and knocked it out because the cat wasn't in the house. Um, so I, I thought, like, oh, man, somebody broke in. But the gun's upstairs, so I gotta go up. <laughs> I wasn't carrying the gun. The, uh, the gun's upstairs, so I gotta go up and I gotta find the gun and then shoot the homicidal crazy person who's in a house breaking in. Well, it turned out, like I say, the cat just. But when I'm going in, I'm thinking like, okay, get ready to dial nine one one if you hear any shooting <laughs> or anything. Or, but what what makes us like that? What makes us like bold as a lion? What makes us because you know the scripture says that the the righteous are as bold as a lion. But the fearful, the, the unrighteous, they're running when nobody's even chasing them. Now, is that exceeding great and precious promise? Well, if you are taken as such, it is. I want to be bold as a lion. I do not want to live my life always worrying about somebody breaking into my house, killing me, uh, stealing my stuff, burning the house down, causing mayhem. I, I, can't, I can't live like that. So how do you want to live? I want to live bold as a lion. Lions, I mean, think about it like, you know, uh, a lion's in the woods and sees a gorilla. It's like, yeah, okay, it's a gorilla. Or a giraffe or a gazelle or a hippopotamus. Like, I'm the lion. What do, I, what do I care? Ain't nobody going to come over here and mess with me. I'm the toughest ombre around. Well, I kind of feel that way. That we're the toughest ombre around. No, but 10 foot tall and bulletproof in Christ. And these exceeding great and precious promises, if you take them to heart and you learn them and you know them and they're always there, they're always right about your, you know, I, you know, it talks about like the, the I'm going to give you one. I read it a couple of weeks ago, the first time we had a drive in church, and I read Psalm 91 specifically. And I, and I kind of want to look, look to that because in a day like today, you know what you're going to need? You're going to need Psalm uh, 91. You need a lot of Psalms, but Psalm 91 was very helpful. I read that. And it's full of exceeding great and precious promises. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, they're right there. Uh, I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm abiding in the secret place of the Most High. Now, that's how this thing works. I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Refuge, fortress, trust. Now, these are good words. Bad guys are coming after me. Um, no, the Lord is my refuge, my fortress. You're going to break into God? 
are you out of your mind? And me, I, I read this and I'm thinking, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I'm, you can't hit me with a nuclear weapon. I'm in God. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Gee, I wonder if God will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Well, he says he will, and from the noisome pestilence, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. I can develop all these. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth in the day. And I'm not, and you can't be, and you shouldn't be, and these are exceeding great and precious promises. Nor for the pestilence. I have a gloss here. Nor for the epidemic. And I read it that way a couple weeks ago. Nor for the epidemic that walketh in darkness. I promise you, on the, I, 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 I wouldn't lie to you. I have spent zero seconds worrying about the pandemic because i know this verse i know verses like this and if god is promising me something i'm going to take that right to heart and so if i get a little runny nose and flu symptoms you say yeah but this is a deadly yes so's flu people die from it every year and what happens if i if i get it and then i die well i've got life insurance my wife's taking care of me and go home be with the lord well don't threaten me with a good time. I'm trusting God. I'm not nervous about everything. Living life nervous is a horrible way to live. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee. And I have taken this to the bank. This is, this is the promises of God. Only with thine eyes thou shalt behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall... No evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Yeah, I wonder if any evil is going to befall me. Listen, we can go on this, and I can, I can show you, I can spend forever showing you all the exceeding great and precious promises. But knowing that they're here and appropriating them for ourselves, that's, that's, that's a life changer. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Okay, besides all this, you diligently do this, okay, and do it all the time. Add to your faith, this like, this, this like precious faith that Peter has, add to that virtue. Because he's called us unto glory and virtue, means goodness, add to your goodness knowledge. You've got to understand the things about God. You've got you've to put your nose in this book and don't take it out until you know things. That uh, This is, has all the answers. Uh, the CDC doesn't have all the answers. CNN doesn't have any answers. As a matter of fact, they always lie to you. Um, deep State lies to you. The Parties will lie to you. The government lies to you. Satan is a master of lies. And the whole world is on his team. The whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. So how do I know anything? Right here. Give all diligence this. Add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to your knowledge temperance and self-control because that's the whole, that will lose it all. David knew a lot of stuff and what he what he. What he messed up on is temperance. He didn't control stuff. 
into temperance patience, that's the hupomone, uh, able to endure. Uh, endurance is better there because it's the things don't happen overnight. You've got to seek them and seek them and seek them. And to your patience, godliness, and to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. At the end of the whole thing, is it love? Yeah, it is. When you when you get to where you have to be, where you get to where you're going, where you, where you when you reach the final, are you a loving person? And this challenges me because I'm not the most loving person, that, not like I want to be. And so you know stuff and you're able to overcome some things, but if at the end of the day, if it's not all about love, it's not about anything. Because when you ask Jesus, hey, what's really super important? That you love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love your neighbors yourself. Well, I've got uh, patience. I can, I can endure a lot of stuff. And he says, that's good. Keep going, because at the end of this all, it's, 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 it's love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have these things, and they're abounding, ever burgeoning, ever growing, more and more. Uh, pig out. There's no, there's no where God says, okay, that's enough, young man. That we, we, you don't need any more of that. You don't need any more of that, uh, that um, love stuff. That's plenty. No, no. More and more. And we're not going to be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it all comes back to knowing. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we have a lot of Christians who are not knowledgeable about Jesus Christ, and these things aren't abounding in their life. Is that judgmental? It's kind of factual. I could just take my own life. So I got saved, and I was still a barbarian. I was a new creation in Christ, but I didn't know anything. And some of these things started to grow up in me, and some of these things. And I, you, you know, I, I was started reading the Bible. And I don't want this to be about me in the sense of like, I'm a Bible guy, and see how awesome I am. It's, it's all grace, and it's faith. The faith that Peter has that's available to everyone. And God has started us out in the same place. We all don't know anything, but he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, right? He's called us to glory and to virtue, and he's given us these um, exceeding great and precious promises that ye might be partakers of his divine nature. We've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And lust, it doesn't mean sexual temptation. It can be. That's, that is a lust. But lust is just the, the desire for things outside of his will. We all start there. And we bring this book, this blessed book, to bear in our life. And we believe it. And we act on it like as if it is the word of God and it were actually true. Uh, I know there's different people here. Uh, people are going to say, wait a second, he's given me all things pertaining to life and godliness? You said, Adam, that he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind? Why am I so fearful? That's it. I've had it with fear. Remember binding and loosing we talked about a few weeks ago? You want a spirit of fear? There you go, God says. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with fear. Fear has got no place in my life, and God will honor that as you as you bind that, that spirit of fear, 
God will, God will honor that. When you bind that spirit of, of bitterness with forgiveness, God will honor that. It's, 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 it's on you. So that's why we have Christians at different places. I've determined that this is the word of God and it's going to infect and infest and, and, and increase in my life. To, to, it changes me to be just like God wants me to be. I want to be, I want to be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want these things to be in me and to abound in me. Now, somebody will take this and say, well, yeah, but... And then they'll explain away why these exceeding great and precious promises don't count for them. Okay. Yep. Yep. Very good. I, I want to continue in this spirit of... Uh, Bitterness. I want to continue in this spirit of fear. I want to continue to be overwhelmed by my sexual passions. I don't want to be master of them. I want to be slave to them. Okay, you got it. Uh, and so people make choices. And Christianity is a series of right choices. If you want to live a victorious Christian life, you take what the Bible says and you adopt that as truth. You don't listen to Satan. And you overcome. And this is, this is life-changing stuff. Is there anything missing? No, he's given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. What's the difference between... So, so okay, I've been saved for 40 years, so there's going to be a difference just by age, by virtue of the fact that I've walked with God for 40 years. Now, somebody can walk with God for 40 minutes and have some of these things, you know, starting to come to the front in their life. But it's all choices. And some people will never be spiritually mature and it's only decisions it's not that see some people think like god favors me and other people he hasn't blessed because of for whatever reason that's a lie of satan he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness and precious promises, and he wants you to be the partaker of his divine nature, and he wants you to escape the corruption that is in the world by lust, and he wants you to diligently add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. There's no exceptions. If you want to be the exception, and you want to stay under, and victimized, and and wallowing in defeat and misery and go ahead go ahead you have every right to do that and why would you make that selection god help us he's given us all things pertaining to life and to godliness but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see far off and hath forgot and forgotten that he was purged from his old sin it's what you choose to look at. He's blind. He's got this myopia. Is that the right word? Nearsightedness. So he's looking at his circumstances. He's looking at his history. He's looking, or she, is looking at all these things, looking at the impossibility of being what... But nothing's impossible in Christ. Remember, he's the one who said in Wednesday night study, you know, about passing, through, uh, it's, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom than it is for a camel to go through an eye of a needle, and they're all saying, hey, who can be saved? Well, with God, that's pretty tough, but with, you know, with, with, with man, it's pretty tough. With God, all things are possible. And you've forgotten that. 
you, you, you lack this. You're, you're blind. You can't see far off. You've forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. Now, what has that got to do with? It's got to do with the fact that you were purged from your old sins. God left heaven to come to earth to die on a cross to save you. Now you think he's not going to deliver you from fear? Are you kidding me? Are you, are you seriously contemplating, well, I'm just this way and I'm just, and he's not going to deliver you from, you, you fly off the handle and you, and you get really upset and you've got a really low boiling point. He died for your sins and he made you, took you from a, being a, a hell-bound sinner into a new creation of Christ and he can't work on your, your boiling point? I, have, you, have you thought this all the way through? Because I'm going to challenge you on that. You're ridiculous. You're, you're, bl- you're looking at the wrong things. You're looking at what Satan says. You're reading magazines. You're watching movies. You're watching uh, the news, God help us. And you're, and you're getting all... Listen, so a friend of mine, he's watching the news, and he's following the coronavirus, and he's, he's, he's a guy I work with. Good guy, good guy. Not, not born again, doesn't love Jesus, but he's a friend of mine, and he's created in the image of God. And he's listening to all this and getting really, really, really depressed and fearful. And he calls me and says, you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing fine. And he's like, oh, you know, I can, I can certainly... Because he's worried about me becoming... And it, it, it's, a real, it's a real concern. It is a real worry. He's, he's thinking, like, basically, without knowing it, he's wondering what I'm looking at because he's looking at these things and he's starting to feel overwhelmed by life around us. And me... I'm looking at the Lord and I'm thinking, man, I hope you do something really awesome. I hope a lot of people through this pandemic turn to you. I hope when we open up church again, it's going to be filled with people who have never known you in the past looking for answers. That's my thinking. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at God and what God's going to do. Is this the end times? Are we, are we right on the cusp of, the, of the, 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 the seven-year tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble? Is the trumpet blast for the rapture of church going to blow any day now i've always thought that and i think it more than ever and that's fine uh you say the world won't be able to figure it out well i'm right here right now shouting as loud as i can they can't figure it out now and if they they're going to go on without me at some point because god's going to do some stuff uh i'm looking at what's what's happening and seeing Jesus is coming back. And some people look at what's happening and say, oh, it's the end, it's horrible. What's your focus on? He said, lack of these things is blind. You say, you just call me blind. Uh, no, technically God did. And I'm just delivering the message. But what are you focused on? What are you thinking? What are you, what are you following after? What are, you, are you looking at the precious promises of God, appropriating them for yourselves? So, here it is. The children of Israel come out of the Egypt, picture of the world. They go through the Red Sea, a picture of salvation. And now there's wilderness wanderings. They could get right into the promised land, but they turned back and they had a little bit of problem with, at Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh, glory. Barnea, barrenness. And we all come to that place where we're going to either choose the glory or choose barrenness. We all have our Kadesh Barnea moment. And God praises his holy name Joshua and Caleb said, let's go. And they said, oh, there's giants in the land. Yeah? Well, we got God on our team, and he's bigger than any giant. I am just, I'm, I'm going to have giants for breakfast. I am going to, I, I'm going to cloud up and rain all over their giant parade. I'm going to tell you right now how this is going to go. And, they, and, and this is, 
you're going to have a Kadesh Barnea moment. What happens then? Circumcision, dealing with the flash. And then there's Jericho. What's Jericho? Uh, better question is, what's Jericho for you? What's the biggest thing in your life right now that's stopping you from inheriting all that God wants you to inherit? That's Jericho. So Jericho, house of the moon god, if that helps. I don't think it's going to, that's the point. The point is like in my life, it was anger. In my life, it was lust. In my life, it was fear. In my life, it was whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm not telling you what it is in my life. I mean, I don't even remember or know. Or, that's not the thing. But, but what's the thing now? What is stopping you from being all that God wants you to be? You know, he's got promises for that. He's got promises, exceeding great and precious promises that are going to make you partakers of the divine nature. Is God lustful? No. Is God fearful? <laughs> Is God peaceful? Is God... What? What, 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 what is... No, God is godly. God is totally master of his, of his situation. There's no sin that confronts him. There's no anything for him to overcome. There were enemies, but he's overcome them all on the cross. He led captivity captive. And he made a show of these, of these dominions, of these principalities. They're defanged. Why do you still listen to them like this as if they have any bearing in your life? Why aren't you listening to the exceeding great and precious promises. See what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not even judging you and saying that you are. I'm just challenging you. Listen, see how life changes this is? I'm going to go out of here defeated. Or I'm going to out of here victorious. And it's my choice. And Satan will say, oh yeah? And he's going to try to, and you just walk right around him, right over him, right through him. I'm following God and what happens, because, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people, I'm kind of glad. I think the Holy Spirit reminded me. Here's the thing. So I forgive this guy who really, really worked me over. You have no idea. And I've forgiven him. I've forgiven him. Just forget. Lord, you deal. I am not, as far as I'm concerned, I'm holding nothing against anybody. You've forgiven me a bazillion talents. He owes me a buck ninety-eight. I'm not going to be delivered to the tormentors. Forget about that. I've forgiven him. So what happens the next day? Hey, what about that guy? What about, because that's who Satan is. That's what he does. And you have to have the wherewithal to say, no, no, I ain't playing. I'm not buying in. I've forgiven him. And, it, and Satan's going to test you on it. So I'm done with lust. I'm, I'm not a lascivious old goat. I do not think of people in terms of objects, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't. I, 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 a Calvary Chapel pastor. So Satan will never tempt me again in that area. Of course he does. And every time I walk it out, I'm not that person. That person is a child of God. That I, they're not an object. And you have to go through it every, each and every time. So then fear rises up. Oh, look at what's going to happen. This, this tidal wave is going to engulf you. And I'm thinking like, tidal wave, schmidal wave. I, I'm 10 foot tall. I'm full of proof in Jesus Christ. And I have prayer time. We're like, Lord, is this thing coming? Is this tsunami coming? Should I take my 401k and put it in this? I mean, we have, you know, concern myself, but fear? He that lacketh these things is blind. 
You can call me a lot of things. Don't call me blind. You can't see far off. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the promises of God? Are you looking at the lies of Satan? Easy peasy. He's purged me from my sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. If you think these things, think about them, then you've got to do them. You've got to actually take them out, dust them off, and do them, and act on them. What's going to happen? You'll never fall. You blind and fall, or seeing and standing. Easy choice. Give diligence to make your calling election sure. He said you'll purge from your old sins. That's your calling. That's your election. Okay. That's your God elected you. He he called you in His service. Remember, it starts off with. Peter, a servant and an apostle. Well, I'm a servant. I'm an apostle. Make your calling and election sure. Firm it up. Figure it out. Think it through. Pray it out. Do whatever you got to do to... Get on with it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's a, there's a lot of ways we can say it. I'm just going to react... And when Satan comes against me, I'm going to cower and hunker into my foxhole and pull my foxhole in after me and just suck my thumb in a fetal position and hope that things get better. That's blind. This is the guy who walked on the water with Jesus. And he lived these things out. He was walking on water. And he got his eyes off Christ, like we do. And what happens? Jesus saved me. Jesus saved him, brought him back into the boat. Will he save you? Yeah. Can you get your eyes off Christ? You will. I will. We do. We look at the circumstances. We're blind. We're short-sighted, near-sighted, whatever, myopic, however, whatever thing that is. But it's not a once-for-all, one-and-done, you messed up and I hate you now. No, let's keep working it out. I'm going to keep working to make my calling and election sure, I'm not going to give up. I, I, I don't want to fall. I don't want to stumble. So we have a choice. Let's pray. Father, you've given us exceeding great and precious promises. We want to take them. We want to incorporate them in our lives in such a way. And because you've given us all things pertaining to life and God, and if there are some, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There's some people going to hear me and say, oh, that's good for him, and choose to be defeated by lack of the, no faith. I, I, I don't know what to say, Lord. I don't know how to... I can't move in people's lives, in people's minds, in, the, in their heart to make them select the right things. Spirit of God, I just pray that you will do what I can't do and make people help people. And I know, I know you said that you'll honor our choices. If we want to bind or loose, that you will, you'll, you'll amen whatever choice we make. God, all I can say is help people make the right choice.
I know some people are really enamored in their victimhood. Oh, Lord, help us to be overcomers. In Jesus' name, amen.